Thank you for listening in to this week's sermon from Restoration Church Bryan. To learn more about Restoration, you can find us online at restorationbryan.com. We are so grateful for all those who are able to listen online, and we pray the message encourages you and challenges you as you draw closer to Jesus. If you are not already connected to a local church, we would love to invite you to join us for worship. If you are listening from another city, we pray that this message is a great supplement to your walk with Christ, and our hope is that you would have a gospel-centered local church that you call home. Thanks again for listening. Uh, I know that our our uh, bulletins today, if you're following along, there's just kind of the, there, there's a passage and then a, a blanks a blank notes uh, section. But I, but I want to read. Uh, I'm actually going to start in verse eight. Uh, and I'm going to read through uh, verse 14 of Luke chapter 2. Uh, but this morning, uh, here's, here's the one. If, if you don't get anything else out of this morning, I, I want you to get this. The pursuit of peace is found in the person of Jesus Christ. Amen? The pursuit of peace is found in the person of Christ. Luke 2 uh, I'm going to pick it up in verse 8. I know, I know that Pastor Matt Prime covered uh, part of these verses, but we're going to land in 13 and 14, and that's where we're going to camp out this morning. It says this, And in the same region <clears throat> there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. They were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace. On earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. The pursuit of peace is found in the person of Jesus Christ. Amen? I want to, uh, I want to tell you, I'm going to make a statement, and it may be, it, it may be offensive, uh, but, but I feel like it, it needs to be said. Uh, family Christmas picks are the epitome of fake peace. Okay? <laughs> family Christmas picks are the epitome of fake peace, just, just because... Uh, for for one <clears throat> brief shining moment in time, the clouds parted, and you got the uh, this snapshot of everyone still, no drama, everyone on the same page, looking at the camera and, and smiling. I mean, heck, even if one or two of the kids are just kind of half smirking, that counts. Uh, that's a win. Uh, just because you snapped the picture, that, that doesn't mean that all was well, right? Doesn't mean that uh, everyone was in right relationship. Uh, uh, no, like far from it. Uh, you know, for, for some of us, you know, you, 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 cap the, you capture the picture in all of its glory, and then all H-E double hockey sticks breaks out 30 seconds later, okay? Uh, <laughs> amen. I want to show you all a picture. This, this, is our, this is our family Christmas pic from last year. Right? Oh, yeah. It's great. So everybody's smiling. Uh, Ruth, I don't know, she's looking up at Ben, kind of wondering what's going on with Ben. 
Everybody looks so, so gloriously happy, okay? Uh, and, and so let me, let me tell you, that was the first picture, right? Let me tell you what happened, and, and, and just, just leave that one up for just a moment. Let me, let me tell you what happened after this picture. About 30 seconds later, the boys snuck off because they found this really cool tree with low-hanging branches, uh, and, and they started, you know, jacking around. That's what they do. And Ben, Ben finds himself under this long tree branch. Uh, and, and, and Levi, uh, it, total accident, but jumps up, grabs the branch, and it comes crashing down and smacks Ben on his head. Okay? Ben is beside himself. Blood is literally gushing from a wound on his forehead. And I'm like, Ben, bro, we're... We're paying for this session, son. We need you to we need to we need you to stop crying. We need you to turn to the left so the wound is out of the picture. Okay? So so this is this is the this is a later picture. Ready? Okay, hold on. We got we have we got the next one. There we go. I don't know if you can see Ben. Ben's head is turned and he's kind of smiling, but really he's crying. Because we've coaxed a, we've coaxed a smile, um, but this and that was that the tree was that the tree? No, that was a different tree. That that tree was cursed, um, and so we got we got him to turn to the side so you couldn't see the the, the fullness of the head wound. Um, <laughs> church fam, this morning uh, you you can take that down and, and go back to the main point. <laughs> um, we examined the the peace of. The Advent, and, and, and I don't, I don't know where you are. I, I know that Christmas is a is a mixed bag for for all of us. This may be a, a great season for you, uh, or, or you you might be you might be hanging on by a thread. Uh, here's the question: Where where are you looking for peace? Where are you looking for peace? What, what are you looking to to, to complete you and, and make you whole? What are you looking to for uh, significance and, and, and purpose? Uh, are, are you settling for the, the low-hanging fruit of that, that, that snapshot of peace? Right, uh, the 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 appearance of peace, the 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 false peace that the world promises with with the next thing or with the next promotion, with the next achievement, with the next relationship or with the next uh, human leader. And, and is I, I ask those questions because as we close out our our Advent series, and as we talk about the fourth candle of the Advent, let us be reminded again that the pursuit of peace is found in the person of Jesus Christ. Amen? Pursuit of peace is found in a person. His name is Jesus. I, I want to, uh, before we, we dive into verse 13 and 14, I want to go back. I want to go back to verse 9, and I want to talk about God's glory, and really it's going to be our first point this morning, um, because before you get to uh, the second and third point in verse 13 and 14, you need to know this from verse 9. God's, we've already been singing about it, but God's glory is a good thing. Amen? God's glory is a good thing. I, I want you to look at your neighbor and tell him it's a good thing. Look, look at your other neighbor, tell him it's a good thing. 
It's a good thing, right? I, I, as, a, as a kid, growing up in a little Baptist church, we, we, would, we would sing uh, the same song that we sang this morning. We would sing uh, Glory uh, in excelsis Deo, right? Uh, which, which just translates to Latin, but it means glory to God in the highest. And, and growing up, you know, as a kid, we would do the, the Christmas musicals, we would do Christmas plays, and I'm pretty sure for years I thought I was singing about eggshells. Um, fairly sure. Uh, I mean, th- like you want to confuse a kid, make them sing something in Latin, okay? Don't do that. It's cruel. And here's the irony of this. As a kid, I was confused about uh, what I was singing, uh, or, or uh, I was confused about what the angels had sung that day. But even today, God's, God's people are still confused about the significance of the angels' song here in Luke chapter 2. See, glory or doxa in the Greek signifies a place of high honor and high praise. It also is connected with this idea of the weightiness of who God is, the weightiness of God's power and His perfection. And so you, you, you get to, uh, if, if, keep your place in Luke 2, but if you want to turn to John 1, John 1.14 says this, it's a verse that we're familiar with. It says, the Word, it's talking about Jesus, the Word became flesh, and He dwelt among us, and we have seen His glory, glory as the, of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. So there's, there's this connection between glory and truth and grace. And I'll say this, at the Advent, God's glory was revealed in Jesus, who was the fullness. He was the consummation of perfect truth and perfect grace. Amen? For thousands of years, man has fallen woefully short of any reasonable standard of truth and grace. Let's talk about truth. The, the, the wisest the wisest man who, who ever lived, who, who, uh, Solomon, who, who had all this wisdom, all the knowledge, he, he, he wrote a book on futility, about the futility of life, and said there's nothing new under the sun. And, and his point was that man living his own truth apart from God's revelation of truth only leads to hopelessness and despair, Right? Ecclesiastes 12, 13, and 14, the final two verses of the book, Solomon says this, the end of the matter, all has been heard, fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man, for God will bring every deed into judgment with every secret thing, whether good or evil. And here's the the translation, right? God alone sets the standard of truth, amen? Amen. God alone sets the standard of truth. He is the arbiter and judge of what is right and wrong. To the extent that we depart from his, this objective standard, we diminish and we lose sight of God's glory. We lose sight of God's glory. Let's talk about grace. Like we, we all know that man is supposed to be loving and gracious. We're, we're supposed to be charitable. We're supposed to seek others' good. The problem is not the knowledge. The problem is found in the living. We consistently fail 
to give others the benefit of the doubt. We, we consistently uh, fail uh, to, uh, we, we want to hold others to the highest standard possible while, while, while giving ourselves a free pass. And, and one of the, listen, one of the marks of the end times as you look at 2 Timothy is that uh, Paul talks about how the love of many will grow cold. And so the, the, this world, it's not, it's not getting better and better. It's not getting, it's not getting more gracious. Far from it, our, our angst and our lack of charity and grace towards one another, it, it fits us like a glove. And the reason is that man, listen, apart from Christ, apart from uh, Christ operating in our hearts, we operate from a place of brokenness and sin. And the Old Testament describes the hearts of man, the hearts of people as hearts of stone. And so hearts of stone can fake it for, for a bit, but hearts of stone are hard toward others, especially to those that we deem as, as undeserving. But the gospel cuts right through all of it and reminds us that we're all undeserving. Amen? All of us are undeserving. That's why Romans 5.8 says that God shows His, He demonstrates His love towards us while we were still sinners. Christ died for us. In church famine, in Christ, we, we find the standard. We're talking about the glory of God, but in Christ we find the standard of both God's truth and grace in a person. See, at first when, when they encountered, when the when they encountered the glory of God, the shepherds, their, their, their first response was fear. Their first response was fear. But the angels quickly reminded them that they, they, they didn't have to be afraid. And they didn't have to be afraid because God's glory is a good thing. God's glory is a good thing. It's for our good. It, God's glory, in fact, God's glory, it's only a problem for us when we reject His standard of truth and grace. And when we settle for man's glory, church, the angels declared the glory of God in Jesus. But we, we got to recognize, we got to recognize that God's glory is for our good. It is for our good. Second, and, and, and I want to do this this morning. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you two points, and, and, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna preach them together. Second point I want to make this morning is this: You're, as we look at verse 13 and 14, and in verse 13, I want to say this about verse 13: Your life should be a platform for God's praise. Amen. Your life should be a platform for God's praise. Uh, I want you to look at your neighbor, tell him platform for praise. Well, he's the other neighbor telling platform for praise. Right? As they came, they said, suddenly there was with the, the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, and they were praising God. Our lives should be a platform for praise. But, but ultimately, our second and third points, they're connected. And so I want to say from verse 14, this right here. If you're in Christ, peace is your promise. If you're in Christ then peace is your promise. I want you to look at your neighbor and tell him peace is your promise. Lose your other neighbor. Try, try, to, try to, maybe with a little bit more Christmas cheer, tell him peace is your promise. <laughs> that, that was Titus. I don't know what that was. Because um, verse 14 says, glory, the angels were saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace. Peace among those with whom he is pleased. 
See, church family, last week, Pastor Matt Prine, he, he talked about, uh, he did an incredible job of dialing into the joy of the Advent. He, he talked about the, the significance of God's revelation to a lowly, despised group of shepherds, Israelite shepherds. And, and so today, we, we shift the focus away from the, the shepherds to the angelic messengers, these heralds of praise and peace. And I, and I want you to connect the dots on something as these angels praise, sing a song of praise. Uh, turn with me to Job 38. Job 38, 4 through 7. Keep your place in Luke 2. And, and, and I'll jump in. Job 38, 4 through 7 says this. This is God talking to Job. He says, Where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? Tell me if you have understanding. Who determined its measurements? Surely you know. Or who stretched the line upon it? On what were its bases sunk? Or who laid its cornerstone? Verse 7 of Job 38. When the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy. Let this visual just stay ingrained in your mind for just a moment. When God laid the foundations of the earth, when He, when he spoke creation into existence from nothing... The morning stars, the angels of heaven, busted out with a choir concert. Right? Because they were seeing things that they'd never seen before, right? It's like, oh my goodness, look, like, what is that, angel Sarah? <laughs> uh, he called it a mountain. I don't know. It's awesome. Yeah, let's sing about it. Hey, angel Steve, what in the world? That's a tree. Right, and they're singing out like don't don't even get me started on what they must have been singing when God popped the planets of our solar system into their orbit and into place. Right, forget the forget the twelve days of Christmas. They they were singing the eight globes of wonder, eight not nine, because even then the angels knew Pluto was a fake planet. Okay, church fam, when when God spoke. The world into existence with, ready? With His Word, His glory was revealed and His messengers, they sang His praise. Now you fast forward to John chapter 1 and, and, and I want you to connect the dots. The Apostle John, inspired by the Spirit of God, refers to Jesus as the, the Logos, the the. The incarnate Word of God. So John 1, 1-4 says, In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him. And without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life. And the life was the light of men. So we've already seen in John 1.14 that the Word became flesh. God's glory, His, His character his exact representation was revealed in a person. And once again, in Luke 2, God was not just speaking, but He was bringing life to the world. And as He did this, a heavenly choir concert breaks out again. And we see angels praising God. And so from the moment Jesus comes on the scene, praise goes before Him. Amen? 
From the moment the Word, the Logos, comes on the scene, praise goes before Him, then in our text we see that their, their praise turns into a proclamation of peace. <clears throat> but oh, the irony that it's, it says it's a, a heavenly host. Literally, it's an, it's an angel army. Like one angel, I think it's probably intimidating enough, an angel army... But what are they doing? They're declaring peace. They're declaring peace. Wow. Philip Ryken says this. He says, after giving glory to God, the angels, they, they proclaim peace, shalom on the earth. What a, what a contrast, Ryken says, uh, this was to the kind of peace that the Romans had to offer. Remember, Reichen says that this was the age of the, what was called the Pax Romana when, when the Romans often praised their emperor for bringing peace on earth. But this peace came at a dreadful cost. Reichen says nations were subjugated and plundered. Peoples were enslaved. Estimates of up to 60 million people during the Roman Empire during Paul's day. The poor oppressed. There was peace and prosperity for some, but fear and poverty for others. And the famous Stoic philosopher Epictetus, I, I, I quoted this as we were going through Acts a little while back. He says this, while the emperor may, not, may give peace from war on land and sea, the emperor is unable to give peace from passion, grief, and envy. He cannot give peace of heart for which man yearns more than even for outward peace. And church family, most importantly, Caesar could not broker peace with God. Caesar could not broker peace with God, and neither can any government, party, leader, or system today. Scripture is abundantly clear. Our, our sin is a problem. Our sin is a problem. It separates us from, from a, a holy and righteous and perfect God. And the peace that we desperately need the most is the healing of the alienation caused by our sin. Amen? And the peace you need, whether, whether you realize it or not, the peace that you need most is reconciliation with a God who, whose standard was that you would perfectly, hear me, perfectly bear His image. And so deep down, we all feel the weight of Romans 3.23 that all have sinned and fallen short of God's glory. And, and, and we don't, listen, we don't have the ability or the authority to proclaim peace with God over our lives. As a, as I, I, I've talked about this dude before, but as a, as a basketball fanatic, one of the most memorable players in recent years was, was a guy uh, by, by the name of, of Ron Artest. <laughs> one, of, one of the absolute most feared dudes in the NBA. He's uh, an enforcer. He's a little, little crazy. Maybe, maybe more than a little crazy. One of my favorite Ron Artest moments on the basketball court is he went up for a rebound and he elbowed uh, a six foot nine guy named Tyler Hansborough, who, whose nickname was Psycho T, right? So he's already elbowed a six nine guy named Psycho T. Artest whips around ready to throw down, and when he sees that it's Ron Artest, you can read the like you can read the lips. Uh, Psycho T, Tyler Hansborough, after getting elbowed in the face, whips around and goes, my bad, Ron. <laughs> he apologizes to Ron for taking the elbow to the face. 
Uh, but, but what's interesting about Ron Artest is that years ago, Ron, Ron just up and decided to change his name to Meta World Peace, okay? Why? Because apparently he could, okay? Uh, but what, I, what I'll tell you, in the irony of that, that dude uh, taking on the name World Peace is, is pretty amazing, what I'll tell you is that it, it, he can put whatever he wants on the back of his jersey, right? He can put whatever he wants on the back of his jersey. Ron Artest is not bringing the peace, okay? Uh, and, and try as he, he may, he cannot declare peace over his life in, in, in any respect. Uh, church, listen, that day it wasn't the shepherds who were declaring peace over themselves, it wasn't the shepherds who were declaring peace over the world. No, it was the angels who brought the, the, this news and awareness of a new reality. Amen? Colossians 1, 19-20 says this, For in Him, in Christ, all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through Him to reconcile to Himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of His cross. See, Jesus made peace by exchanging His life for, for yours, for ours. Christ alone would become the, the mediator between God and man to make things right. See, peace is, peace is so much more than just like the strife ceasing, Okay? So much more than, than the ceasing of strife. Peace is about bringing to completion what God started in the beginning. Amen? It, it is about right relationship between God and man. And as peace flows outward, hear me, as peace flows outward from a right relationship with God, it impacts people's relationships with one another. It impacts people's relationship with all of creation. And, and let me talk some application and then we're going to be done. Because I need you to connect the praise. I need you to connect the praise and the peace. Christian, what, what, what do you praise? What do you praise? What do you praise the most? Do you, do you praise a political party? Do you praise human ingenuity and accomplishment? Maybe, maybe you praise the sports gods. I, I, I don't know. But understand this. There is a direct correlation between what you praise and your peace or lack thereof. Let me say that again. There is a direct correlation between what you praise and your peace or your lack thereof. So check this out. If God, if God is the constant source of your praise, if He is the constant source of your praise and adoration, your life will be characterized by a peace that surpasses understanding like the Bible speaks of. But if your praise is consistently uh, reserved for the fleeting stuff of this world and the humanistic measures of man, your shalom will be shallow. Your shalom will be shallow. It will be as empty as the empty promises of man. So Christian, does the praise of Jesus, that, does the praise that should be reserved for Jesus alone go forth from your life? Is your life a platform for His praise? If so, hear me, you should live in a manner that is consistent 
with the promise of peace that you have in him. Amen? I'll close with this. Christian, what, 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 are, what are you afraid of? Right? If, the, if the pursuit of peace is found in a person, what, 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 are, what are we so afraid of? What are you so afraid of? Why, why are you living in such angst and anxiety and fear? You, listen, I, I, I don't know. Uh, th- this, is, this is for all of us. But hey, you don't, you don't need to stress and live in such fear about the future. <clears throat> you don't need to be so, so stressed and, and afraid of others' opinion or their estimation of you. you. You don't have to lose hope even if you lose all your material possessions. Amen? You don't have to, listen, you don't have to fear death itself. Do you, like, do you know that God not only knows the number of hairs on your head, which, I mean, let's be honest, for some that's easy, okay? But He also knows the number of your days. There's not a single thing that you can do to thwart or, or change God's divine timeline. Amen? That's not a, that's not a call to be reckless or, or, or careless, but it is a call to trust. It is a call to press into the peace that you already have in Christ. And if you lose everything in this world, again, even if you lose your life and yet you have Christ, You've gained everything. Christian, Jesus Jesus purchased your peace. He purchased your peace with His perfect righteousness and His sacrificial death and His resurrection for you. So why why would we still cling to our own righteousness? Why why would the reality of His his righteousness and the cross and His resurrection, why would that not impact and shape our our faith and our hope? And and I'll close close with with a song. I'm not going to sing it. I'm going to read it. But there's... There's a fourth verse of angels we have heard on high. And I don't know if we sing it often, but the fourth verse just says this. See within a manger laid, Jesus, Lord of heaven and earth. Mary, Joseph, lend your aid. With us sing our Savior's birth. I know it may seem that like peace is is a is a pipe dream, right? We look around and we see such we see such brokenness and we see despair. But the advent but the advent means that Jesus is Lord over heaven and earth. Amen. The advent means that Jesus is Lord over heaven and earth. And Christian, the peace that he brings to your heart right now and the reality of of this broken world as it currently is, the peace that he brings to your heart, he will one day usher in perfectly and completely over this world as heaven and earth become one. Amen? So let's, let's not forget 
whatever, whatever we're doing this Christmas, as, as we sing, as the presents are exchanged, as, as we're still uh, dialing in to time with family and getting some rest and some downtime, uh, in all of the hustle and bustle of it, let's, let's be mindful that our, our pursuit of peace and as we look around and people who are walking in brokenness and they're, they're, they're striving and they're longing for, for, for peace, our pursuit of peace is found in the person of Jesus. Y'all pray with me this morning.